Hello and welcome to another episode of The Undetected Narcissist. I am so excited here to have Claire Nettie with me and we are going to be talking about boundaries. And before we talk about boundaries, I would love for Claire to introduce herself and tell about her background and how she got into this because this is a really cool topic and more people need to learn about this. And a lot, if you came from a dysfunctional home, you probably did not have boundaries. So this topic is, you know, a hot topic for you. So here we go. Welcome, Claire. Thank you, Angela. I'm so happy to be here. And um, yeah, I'm really excited about our conversation. Before you hit record, we were already getting into the meat of of what we're going to talk about today, which is so lovely. And it sounds like something we're both so passionate about. So I'm really excited. Um, So my background is um, I was in the corporate world. I was in the corporate world for a long time and I suffered burnout about 10 years ago. And it was quite severe burnout. It really kind of put me on my, um, put me on my knees really. And I went on this kind of inward journey from there and I studied to be a yoga and meditation teacher that had already been calling me. Something inside of me was calling me and I kind of talk about it was calling me home. It's calling me back to myself. Uh, So I went on this inward journey of yoga and meditation and through that process, I realized that I had a lot of unresolved trauma. And that unresolved trauma was playing out in high achieving, people pleasing, over functioning, um, which all kind of led to my led to my burnout. I uh, I describe myself as a recovering type A, and I was always kind of going. I was always busy. I could not stop. I could not sit with myself, and that was, you know, that was a sign of all this stuff that was kind of going on beneath the surface, and. Um, I had a lot of processing to do around a, I didn't have boundaries and and you talk about coming from dysfunctional family homes and and the reality is I think, and it's a scale, but I think no family is perfect. I think there is dysfunction right the way across our society and everyone has their own kind of level of dysfunction. I think most people, if not all of us, have unresolved traumas. And, um, and so, yeah, I didn't have boundaries and boundaries aren't encouraged in our society. And I grew up in England. Boundaries are certainly not encouraged in England. Uh, you know, it's, it's a nation of people pleasers, be nice, be polite. Um, and I think we also have, we had sort of a generational parenting style as well, which we're now becoming more aware of, of the, you know, children should be seen and not heard. Don't talk back. All those kinds of messages that really hinder our ability to have a voice which in adulthood really works against us so I don't I think as a society we're not taught to have boundaries and we're taught that we're all connected and we are all connected but there's also a you and there's a me so there's a sense of individuation that we need um, to help us come back healthily into the collective but going back to the unresolved trauma uh, many years ago I was in a relationship with a narcissist and it was uh, a very highly toxic relationship. I, as a recovering codependent, um, at the time I was not recovering. And, you know, codependent narcissist is a match made in heaven or hell, depending on which way you look at it. 
And so this person was an abusive, alcoholic narcissist. And I experienced so much trauma in that relationship. And um, and I think it was, I'd never really dealt with that. I'd never really dealt with it. And I also had some trauma from childhood as well that I needed to process. And everything just eventually caught up with me. The life that I was living on the surface, the kind of the, the mask that I was wearing and the life that I was living was out of alignment with who I was at my core and who I was at my core was calling me home, was calling me back, which is how the burnout happened. So it was a, it was a gift and it really took me on this inward journey of healing. And I eventually added coaching to my scope of practice because it was during that healing and during my recovery, I learned about boundaries. And I realized I just had this moment where I thought more people need to know about this. More people need to know that they can say no. And it was just a word I hadn't really learned. And so I became incredibly passionate about it. And especially around women finding their voice, finding their no, speaking their truth, letting go of people pleasing and really owning their their own internal power and connecting with their own internal power and not giving that away to others and not putting themselves second, which I think, or last, which I think a lot of women have been taught to do. So I think this is a a cultural, a generational problem amongst women. So that's why I'm so passionate about about boundaries and sharing this message. No, I... It's a very long way to answer your question. (laughs) Yeah, no, I really get it because I did a podcast about trauma bonding. And the Mm -hmm. biggest thing in trauma bonding is um, you make excuses for your abuser's behaviors. And a lot of us are taught that generation by generation. And it could be like the mom making excuse for the alcoholic dad. Oh, he drank too much last night. And, you know, he 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 got angry and, you know, hit me. Oh, it's nothing. So you're making an excuse for yeah. that behavior or or you cover it uh-huh. up and you lie. And, mm-hmm. um, and and a lot of cultures like Hispanic cultures and Italian cultures, they think that that passion is what you want but when that passion becomes anger and abuse that's a trauma bonded relationship mm-hmm. and the confusing thing for those women that are taught that is when they meet a healthy guy they'll think he's boring yeah 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 totally yeah because boring is you know stable is boring and people look for excitement and look for passion and and I remember with the narcissist you know he would do spontaneous things I was living in London at the time and he was about an hour hour and a half out of London and I remember one night he rang me at 1am and he was like I'm coming into the city let's go out on the town and I was so excited and I was like oh this is so spontaneous and exciting I love this it's also highly dysfunctional and abusive (laughs) the relationship you know but we do we sort of we look for that we look for that excitement and um but it's actually incredibly unhealthy and if, if we look to look at what's modeled to us in in society as well and in movies and television you know we're not modeled healthy relationships we're not modeled boundaries we're not modeled exactly. um, you know yeah healthy healthy relationships we're modeled drama we're modeled pain we're modeled fear we're modeled all of those things and toxic relationships well even disney does it because beauty and the beast and then you know there's 
you know, Cinderella, there's that white knight syndrome. You think, oh, you know, I, 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 I need to save this woman or rescue this woman. And, and the woman mm-hmm. could be this, you know, the same way, you know, and look at it as, well, there was infidelity. So I'll be the one that's not going to cheat on him. And it's, and I know with a narcissist, they hate boundaries. They hate mm-hmm. it and they love to push it and they love to push people's boundaries and try to get you to do things you don't want to do. Yeah, yeah. And they will manipulate. They will yes, manipulate. They will. And yeah, going back to the whole Disney thing, I think the other message that we get through Disney it and, and also movies. What was that movie? Um that move there was a series of movies about um S and it was an abusive relationship. I can't remember. The the oh, main yeah, character yeah, I think yeah. is something oh, great. Oh, what is it? Um, I I know which one you're you're talking you about. You know the one I'm, yeah. And they turn it into a film. God, I'm trying to think. Yes. Is and and the idea that her love would change him. Yeah. And and in the movie, in the movies, it does change him, but that's not reality. And and I think right. people see that stuff, and they and they and people think, you know, I thought. I could love the narcissist so much that he would change. Yeah. And it drove me crazy, drove me crazy. Yeah, it's, well, and that's um, Fifty Shades of Grey, right? That's the movie. Okay, that's, that's the movie. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah that, um, yeah, that was odd. That was that, yeah, that was really odd. So, what are boundaries? Because I want people to know what are boundaries. So boundaries are really their guidelines, their standards, the limits that we have for ourselves, not for other people. This is the biggest misconception about boundaries. Boundaries are for us. So just like you think of a home has a perimeter, has a fence, we have boundaries and we have different types of boundaries. So we have physical, intellectual, emotional, spiritual, sexual, material boundaries, material being things like our time, our energy, our attention. And boundaries are semi-permeable. So they're, they're flexible. They're not rigid. Uh, when they become rigid, then we start talking about walls and their walls are not boundaries. And so we need to know where we end and another person begins. And that's what boundaries give us. They give us a sense of this is me, this is mine, this is not mine. So, yeah, just like a house has a fence around it or a perimeter, we have the same thing. And our boundaries vary. You know, everyone has different boundaries. So there's no kind of set way that boundaries should be. But what is really important is getting in touch with our own boundaries and understanding our own limits as well and and treating those limits and treating ourselves with compassion and respect. And why are boundaries important? Because without them, we are prone to toxic relationships, abuse, burnout, depression, anxiety, um, a whole host of different different maladies and um, boundaries protect and preserve 
our well-being. You know, they're crucial for our well-being and they're crucial for the well-being of our relationships. And people, you know, going back to the whole Disney myth, and I often hear people talk about love has no boundaries. Well, yes, actually, it does. It does. Boundaries, love, yeah, love has boundaries. And um, and that's why they're so important because they protect us and they protect the health of our relationships. I fully agree. So what stops us from setting boundaries? Fear. Fear is the thing that stops us from setting boundaries. So we get afraid of rejection. We get afraid of abuse. We get afraid of abandonment. We worry about what other people think. It's all of those things that stop us from setting boundaries. And this is a paradox, right? Because at, at its core, it's really about failure to set boundaries is about a fear of abandonment. But ultimately what happens is we end up abandoning ourselves to please others. We're so worried about how other people will respond that we abandon ourselves. And the most important relationship that we're going to have ever in our lives is the relationship with ourselves. So boundaries, you know, we have to start with, with us. And so it's about recognizing that boundaries can come from a place of love for ourselves. So they're not about saying no to other people. They're about saying yes to ourselves. And the beautiful thing is that when we start to do that, we can give others the same permission. I know early on before I went on this journey, it was very hard for me to hear other people's no. Now I have no problem hearing other people's no because I understand that that person is taking care of themselves. Their, their no is not about me, it's about them. And, and it's the same for us. We have to give ourselves that same respect and go, well, no, actually, this is not okay for me. And we can do boundaries without, without shaming people. And I think that's the other thing. You know, people struggle to find the right words. They struggle to know what to say. They're worried about hurting people. And sometimes that's valid, but it's not valid when we're in a relationship where someone is hurting us. Sometimes our boundaries need to be really strong. So they're on a scale. But ultimately, to answer your question, it's fear that stops us. I, I would agree, um, especially when you have to sometimes set boundaries with an employer or even coworkers. Because, yeah. you know, yeah. you have that fear of losing that job or that fear of making waves at work. But sometimes you've you've got to set those boundaries because even people in those positions can try to take advantage of you. Totally, totally. And and what I've learned in my own experience is that when we learn to set boundaries, even with our employers and with our co-workers, other people respect us and it gives them permission to do the same. Right. Because one of the things that I see so often in our culture. So in Australia, we have one of the highest rates of burnout in the world. Wow. In the last two years, more than 50% of Australians said they felt burnt out. And so this, this comes back to giving our power away. So we think that when we go into the office, when we're in contract with an employer, they have all the power and we have none. So we approach our relationships when we don't have good boundaries, we approach our relationships as if we have no power. And the other person has power. But the reality is we both have power in the relationship. Even when we are in a relationship, when we are in a contract with an employer. And I learned this the hard way, having burned out, having been in a job that was the demands were so high and so ridiculous of me. And because I 
didn't know how to say no and I worried about, you know, well, I don't want to not be a team player and everybody else is doing it, therefore I should do it. I just took on more and more and more and eventually collapsed. Whereas now what I would do is that huge amount of work, and this is what big businesses live off. They live off the goodwill of their people. And when there is too much work and not enough people, it is a business problem. It's not an employee problem. And I I made it my problem. But what I really needed to do was go back to my employer and say, hey, there's too much work here for one person. And so we need to have a conversation about what the priorities are because I'm not going to get to this, this, and this, this week, this month, this year. And you put it back on the employer and you say, this is your problem. It's not my problem. I don't need to keep going and drowning under the weight of your expectations. I can actually push back and say, this is not okay. What do you want me to prioritize? Let's have a conversation. And people now, you know, boundaries are blurring with work and home life. So with COVID, people were getting called by their bosses at six, seven, eight o'clock at night. Six o'clock, you could argue maybe is okay. Any later, and I think it's not reasonable if you're in a nine to five job. And so people don't know how to handle that. They don't know how to set boundaries with their employer and they think they have to always be available. Um, So boundaries at work are so important. And what happens is when we can set boundaries at work, we're actually demonstrating leadership skills. So we are more likely, I don't have statistics on this, but this is based on my own experience. I would say that we are more likely to progress in our careers if we are able to say no, if we are able to demonstrate leadership, if we're able to demonstrate mental strength and we're able to kind of push back and go, this is not okay. No, I think that's perfect because um, a lot of times employers will try to pile so much stuff on you to see how much you can take. And if you don't have that boundary and you don't speak up, they're going to think everything's fine when it's not. Mm -hmm. And that's where you should really stand up and like how you were saying, this is too much workload for me to do. Can we bring in a temp agency person to help me out? Or is there yeah. someone else on staff that, you know, might have light duties? Can they come over for a few hours and support me with this? But it's really coming yeah. with, you know, solutions. And and it shows when you, to me, when, when you do that, it shows you care about the company and you, mm. you're, you, you're proud of what you do. You just know that it's too much on your plate. So you have to find, you have to overcome that fear and have the strength to speak your truth. And, you know, and I loved how you yeah. said, it's not my problem, it's the company's problem. And that's what a lot of people do is, I call it, they carry those monkeys on their back when they leave the office. And I, yes, yeah, yeah. and being a manager, I, you know, back in my 30s, I had to learn to let those monkeys go because it wasn't my business. It was someone else yeah. acting like it was my business, but it wasn't. Yeah. And there's that great saying, isn't there? It's not my circus, not my monkeys. Yeah. And I, I love that. I love that saying. And, and yeah, it's, and we often see, I think what sometimes happens is in, in some organizations and every organization is different, but we see, you know, the CEO or the owner who's working around the clock 
and they might expect other people to work around the clock like they do, but that's not reasonable because it's not their business. You know, it's not the employee's business, it's the owner's business. So we have to get past this idea, I think, that everybody should act in the same way because everything has context. And it is, it's, I think when we, when we speak up, we let the business know what the reality is rather than taking everything on and carrying the burden ourselves, we can actually say to the business, there's this issue. Now, there's going to be some organizations where employees do that and they're not heard. And sometimes we have to say things a few times to be heard. But if there's a consistent problem in the business or the manager doesn't care or they keep pushing onto the employee, then there's a pathway to follow. You know, we can escalate the issue or we can leave and we can find an organization that does respect us when we speak our truth. And it's like any relationship, you know, we can do the same in our relationships when we speak our truth with an intimate partner. If they can't hear that, then we can choose to go somewhere else. Right. No, I know. I, I hear you because when you're stuck in a situation where you keep going to HR and talking to them about, you know, things that are going on at work that are not healthy and dysfunctional, um, if HR doesn't support you, then really what they're doing is they're just keeping you in a trauma bonded relationship with that employer. Mm-hmm. And a yeah. lot of people don't realize that because when they hear the word relationship, they think, oh, well, it's an intimate relationship or something. But no, you can have a trauma bonded relationship with a friend, with an employer, with a family member. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's, there's a huge different scope. So I'm curious. Why do so many people struggle with boundaries? I think they struggle because, like we talked about, they're they're not modelled in our society. It's not common behaviour. It's going against our primal instincts of our need to um, kind of follow the pack. It can feel really, yeah, yeah, it can feel really, really uncomfortable, really scary. yeah, I think it's it's just it's not modeled in our society. It's not modeled in most of our families. Um, and I think, yeah, we, we're kind of going against the grain when we start to set boundaries. But the more that you do it, the more that you'll see other people do it. And that's really affirming. Um, but I think that's why people struggle, because it's just it's countercultural, it's counterintuitive. And it can feel really scary. But that changes when you start to do it it becomes really easily don't you think Angela has that been your experience once you start to do it it's just it's second nature and it doesn't feel scary anymore well and it feels so empowering because yeah you're you're speaking your truth and you're and you're standing your ground Mm. and and I remember one time dealing with someone that was narcissistic and they threw into me that well you know, love has no boundaries. And I was like, well, this, you know, situation has to have boundaries. You know, they try to find mm-hmm. that little loophole or the or the way to sway you, but it's really being, you know, firm about it. And and that's the real yeah. thing is once you set that boundary, you got to honor it because if you let it slip a little bit, then that person's just going to, you know, 
try to push it more and push it more. And then you're back to where you started. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to hold really firm and set consequences because healthy people will hear your boundary the first time and they'll acknowledge it and they'll remember it and they'll respect it. Right. But unsafe people, you're right. Unsafe people will keep pushing and they'll keep pushing or they'll forget. And sometimes people just genuinely forget, you know, they lack awareness and we have to remind them a few times. And I think as long as they show willingness and they then apologize. That's good. Yeah. Cause a, a yeah. Narcissist person won't apologize. So if they apologize no, no. for yeah. forgetting the boundary or pushing the boundary, then, you know, you know, that's a decent person. But if they're, you know, they don't apologize and they try to make you seem like, oh, well, you're just being overly sensitive, then, you know, they're ga- they'll gaslight yeah. you. And it's just like, you don't need that. No, no, exactly. Um, yeah, so I think it's it's really important to hold firm to your boundary and to set consequences. You know, for example, let's say you're having a conversation with someone and they bring up a subject that you don't want to talk about and you say, I don't want to talk about this and they keep going and they keep going and they keep pushing. And, you know, you might say something like, look, I've already said I don't want to talk about this. And you might then change the subject or give, you know, say something else that you want to talk about and they bring it back. Then you go a bit harder. You know, I've said to you, I don't want to talk about this. If you continue to bring it up, I'm going to hang up. And then if they keep going, then you hang up. So, you you know, you kind of set consequences with people and you have to stick to them. And that can be that can be hard at first. But again, it gets really it gets really easy. The more it's like anything, the more you practice, the easier it gets. Yeah, no, I love that example that you you gave because there does have to be consequences because there are people out there that they find satisfaction out of pushing those boundaries because they know it makes Mm -hmm. you feel uncomfortable and they get Mm -hmm. pleasure out of you feeling uncomfortable, which to me is rather twisted. (laughs) It's like, yeah, you don't you don't want to go there. So. What is something people can do to get started on their boundaries journey? What can they do? So I always talk about awareness is the first part. We can't change what we're not aware of. So I suggest that people start to keep a boundaries journey uh, journal and start writing down, you know, when they said yes, but they meant no, when they felt uncomfortable, when they felt like they were being manipulated and just start to look at their own behavior, not look at what other people were doing. So writing down kind of, um, you know, this thing happened today. I said yes, but I meant no. Why did I do that? What was going on for me in the moment? What was I afraid of? So really, um, being kind and compassionate towards ourselves when we do that, taking the judgment out of it because it's a survival safety strategy. So I think we have to be really kind to ourselves and go, you know, this is this is okay that I've been doing this. It's 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 a strategy I adapted that kept me safe when I was younger, but in adulthood it's not serving me anymore, and I'm I'm ready to change it. So unpacking it with a bit of kindness and compassion keeping the boundaries journal, making a note and just start to use I statements, you know, just start to get used to I, 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 I want, I need, I would like, I feel 
and bring your attention in-house. It's so easy to focus on what other people are doing and we might feel like what other people are doing to us. So it's really helpful, I find, to bring our attention back in-house and focus on what am I feeling? What do I want? What do I need? What feels safe for me right now? And then taking appropriate action to support ourselves. No, I think it's great, um, the whole journal aspect, because it helps you notice patterns within yourself. Mm. And yeah. and I, I did a podcast about how to communicate with difficult people. And I talk about the sandwich approach. And the sandwich approach is the bread is the positive, the meat is the issue, you end with the positive, you always use I statements instead of you. If you use an you mm-hmm. statement, it's got to be positive, because if it's negative, mm-hmm. they're not going to listen to you, and you never say but, mm-hmm. because but can erase all the positive yeah. things you, you say, and it's really hard to to learn that technique at first, but just like even with boundaries, once you practice it, and even if you write it down in a letter first, um, it makes it so much easier to learn yeah. how to speak your truth because someone can't really attack you when it's like, I feel like this when this happens and I need I need this to feel comfortable and secure. And when this happens, instead of saying, you know, when you do this, you say, when this happens, this is how it, it triggers this inside me and mm. I feel uncomfortable. And it's really learning to choose your words wisely. Yes. And yeah. that's a skill all in itself as well, along with boundaries. It is. And, and what I found really useful is um, is meditation to kind of help me get out of that constant fight, flight, freeze state and that reactive state Um, because it's really hard to respond appropriately when we're reacting. And there's tools people can use for that. You know, there's there's, uh, someone asked me the other day about, you know, how do I take a pause or how do I take a breath before responding to someone? And it can just be something simple as, you know, I need to take a moment to think about what you've just said, or something's not sitting right with me, I just need to take a pause, or I'll come back to you, we can use little holding statements to give ourselves that time to reflect and respond rather than react. But I have found meditation really, really helpful for me. And just and working with my nervous system to calm my nervous system to calm my reactivity, and so that I can respond appropriately. And my mind is just calmer, you know, my mind's calmer, I'm more centered, and I'm more grounded in myself. Yeah, no, I, I fully agree in that area, because I've noticed when it comes to um, people that are people pleasers, I tell those people, instead of saying yes or no, say, let me think about it. And Mm. you want to think about it for at least 24 hours. And you want to ask yourself, how much time is it, is it going to cost me? Is it going to cost me time? Is it, and what am I really being asked to do? Cause I, so a good example is I remember one time a friend asked me to help her move. And I said, and I set a boundary and I was like, okay, I'll help you move. Um, But I have some conditions. 
I want everything to be packed when I get there and I'll just help you load it in the truck and then unload it. And mm -hmm. I set that boundary and I got to her house the day of moving. Nothing was packed. And I looked oh. at her and I was like, this is the condition I had. What are you going to do about it? And she said, well, I was hoping you could help me pack. And I said, no, I did not commit to 10 hours of working on a day off. I only committed to maybe doing four hours, six max of this. And I, and I told yeah. her, I said, you know what, when you have things packed, have me come back. And she got mad because she's like, well, I got the truck and everything. I said, but that's not my problem. That's your yeah. problem. Yeah. And, yeah. and she Good was still angry at me, but I had to set that boundary because I would have been, I would have been screwed. And then it would be so much work to just pack her entire apartment. It was just like, and, and she tried to play like, well, you're such a great packer. You're so good at stuff. You're so organized. And I'm like, yeah, but she didn't ask me about that. You just expect yeah. me to do it. Yes. Yeah. 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 Good on you. Yeah. Good so on that you. kind of ties into the next question is what is the single most important thing someone can do when communicating with with their boundaries? Oh, um, I would say using I statements. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to choose two using I statements and sticking with the consequences. So just like that example you gave, you said, I'm not going to help you pack. And you honored that, you stuck with that. So, and, and you took, you know, you were taking responsibility for what you had expressed and what you wanted and you set a boundary and then you followed that through. You know, that's such a great illustration of setting boundaries and you put the, the other responsibility back on the other person. So I would say it's, you know, it's those I statements and it's setting consequences rather than like you described before, rather than getting into you did this, you did that, you, 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 we have to say I, 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 I. And it's something that we're not taught to do in our society. We're not Correct. taught to use the term I. We're taught that that's selfish, um, but it's not selfish. It's our responsibility. We are responsible for ourselves. So getting, getting used to I statements taking the attention in-house and off the other person and, yeah, setting, setting consequences and sticking to them, honouring our commitment. And it's never about punishing the other person. It's never about punishing. Our intention is so important. It's always about honouring the commitment that we made to ourselves. Yes. So like that example with the moving thing, I wanted to at least enjoy my evening and um, and I made plans to do stuff, you know, with with another friend. And it's like I didn't mm -hmm. have to I didn't feel the need to share that with her or say, well, you know, I've already made other plans. I can only, you know, do this. But it's it ties into the next one. Like, you know, what happens when you don't have boundaries? Because if I didn't set that boundary. Um, I would have been there packing for hours and hours and hours and I would have been mad and I would have been stewing and felt victimized and taken advantage of when um, you allow that person to overstep that boundary. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I exactly. That happens, that happens with a lot of people because when we don't set those boundaries, 
then it's like you you can feel taken advantage of you can get frustrated you can feel victimized yeah and the onus is on us right it's that self-responsibility piece and and like you said if you'd stayed there packing you would have felt resentful yeah um and that's that's yeah, and that's one of the things that I talk about with boundaries is this dance between resentment and guilt. So often what happens with people pleasers is they get mad at other people for something that they didn't really do. And it's because they get mad at other people because they didn't have the ability to set a boundary with themselves. And so that resentment eats away at us and it eats away at the relationship. So there's a choice that we often have between the resentment, which will build and fester and harm a relationship, and guilt. So when we're first learning learning to set boundaries, often we can feel guilty. You know, it's a new behavior for people. and People feel guilty for saying no for all those reasons we've kind of already explored around culture, society, family of origin. It can be any number of reasons. But, you know, I've said no to something, I feel bad. But that feeling is temporary and it's about learning to sit with that because it's a sign of growth you know when we have that kind of discomfort it's a sign of growth but if we if we keep saying no to ourselves and yes to others and build out that resentment that's going to eat away as it eat away at us and it's going to eat away at our relationship so I always say to people choose the guilt it's temporary it goes it gets easier the resentment will just fester it does. It's almost like um, a, a tick that burrows into your skin. The more you don't speak yeah. your truth and set that boundary, the deeper the you know the tick's going to dig in, and then mm-hmm. you're going to get so mad and so angry, and the other person won't understand your anger because you've been stuffing it down and stuffing it down, and then you're like a shame champagne bottle or soda bottle that's been shaked you'll just explode and you'll probably say things and then you'll regret, you know, because you didn't set that boundary. You didn't honor yourself. Yeah. You didn't speak your, you know, communicate effectively. And then, you know, yeah. you're saying the relationship can be destroyed because you're like, well, I just can't take this anymore. And all of that could have been avoided if you set a boundary. Yeah. Yeah. And and you end up, yeah, you end up exploding and bringing up stuff that happened five years ago. And the yes. other person's kind of going, what? I, I don't remember that. What What's that about? And you've carried all this stuff inside of you. And, and one of the things that the tagline for my course, Better Boundaries, is I say, reclaim your time, energy and freedom, because you're not spending all this time worrying about what other people think, what other people feel. You're not spending all your time festering with resentment, which drains your energy, your energy and your time and your attention goes into just so much, pardon the term, crap that we just don't need to carry. And we can reclaim that when we stop people pleasing and we can reclaim our sense of freedom, and we're just not burdened by all this stuff that we unnecessarily carry around. Yeah, no, I, I, I fully agree with that. So, what happens when we don't have boundaries? All that stuff that we talked about before, you know, that that 
the toxic relationship, um, toxic relationships, burnout. We get depressed because we're suppressing who we are. We get anxious because we're constantly thinking about what we said, what we didn't say, what we should have said, um, all this unnecessary mental chatter that we have. I think I mentioned burnout, you know, we're exhausted or all our energy goes on other people instead of on our own lives and and reaching our own potential and fulfilling our own potential. Um, yeah, it's just it's um, and it harms our relationships We because we we have all this resentment festering and then we explode it in opportune times. We become more stressed. This is why boundaries are so, so important. So how do we know what our boundaries are? Because some people might not even know like where to start. Yeah, yeah. And and that comes back to it's self-awareness, right? And that comes back to that journaling piece and listening, listening to our bodies. Our bodies tell us. We know, we know. We just we, we you know, we spoke before about gaslighting and we gaslight ourselves. Our body says no, this is not okay for me. But then we talk ourselves out of our experience and we say yes to something we don't want to say yes to. So it's about increasing our self-awareness, keeping a journal, listening to our bodies and honoring that, learning to trust ourselves, learning to trust our instincts, learning to listen to our instincts, to our intuition, to our body when it's telling us this is a no and not overriding it. And slowly building trust with that, because that's how we know. We feel it, right? We, we feel it. We're told through our feelings, through our bodies. We're either really excited about something and it's like, a, yes, we really want to do this. So we're excited about it. Or we're like, it doesn't feel right. I'm not sure. I don't feel so good about this. And sometimes that means we need more information. But sometimes it's just a hard no. You know, and as you suggested, sometimes it's a, I'm going to sit on this for 24 hours and see how I feel about it tomorrow. But it's really learning to tune in and, and listen to ourselves and honor what our wisdom is telling us. No, I love I love that because <clears throat> a lot of people when they're they're trying to first learn how to set boundaries, they're they're not they're not really tuning into their body. And that's the whole thing is mm-hmm you know, how does it make me feel? And how do I feel about this? Does it make me feel good? Does it make me feel bad? Do I Mm -hmm. feel like it's too much of a commitment for me? So maybe I need to say, well, I can commit to two hours instead of four hours. It's really, you know, sitting with it and seeing what you, you feel comfortable with, but then also really looking at Who's the person that's asking you to do this? Was yeah. is something like, you know, is is that person going to respect my boundary when I present it? Or is that person gonna, you know, push it? So if you know the person is a boundary pusher and you you give them six hours, but they're gonna try to get eight out of you. Well, if you know that, Mm -hmm. why don't you just say, well, I'll give you four and then you really give them six and that's what you wanted to give them anyway. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, it's like kind of, you kind of trick them at their own game. It's like one of my friends who's always late, always late. So I just tell her, you know, 20 minutes, you know, earlier and then she does arrive on time. So 
Yeah, oh, I need uh, yeah. thirty, but she. I really need her at three, and then she shows up at three. It's like, oh, you're right on time. And she's like, no, I was supposed to be in here two thirty. No, I said three because I knew you were going to be a half an hour late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just and and that that example, and this is something I've learned in my own journey. Is it's just respecting who people are. You know, yeah. we can we can ask for change, but we, people aren't necessarily going to change and we get to make a decision. Who do I decide to keep in my life and how close do I want to be with this person? How safe is this person? And recognizing who people are and respecting that, recognizing, well, this person's always late, you know, but I want them in my life. So I'm just going to change my expectations and sometimes sometimes it's about asking for change and sometimes it's about changing our expectations right exactly so that's why I I gave that example because I've I've run into people so many times that always run late so I'm just like well I figured a way around it and it works and it's not like yeah I'm, because the thing is is sometimes when time is an issue when they show up late, you can be angry and you can be resentful. And then you have these expectations like, well, I thought you would be on time, but you really know they're always late. They'll never yeah. show up on time. You know, they'll always have some excuse of what delay caused it. And so I look at it as it's me just making peace with what the reality is. Yes, yes. And I think it's good to do that with people who are safe and people who yes. we enjoy being in relationship with. Yes. It's not good to do that when we're talking about unsafe people, toxic people, toxic relationships. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a totally different, you know, can of worms. But the people that I care about and I, I know it's nothing that they're doing to be mean to me in any personal yeah. way. It's it's just who they are, you know, and I'm like, yeah. okay, fine. I accept that, you know, quality in you because I can't change them, but I know how to work around it. And it's funny because it's, it's yes. my, um, I taught, so it's one of my friends and her, her daughter would always complain about her, her mom being late. So I said, let me tell you what I do with your mom. And she loved it. And she does the same thing now. It's like pretty, it's kind of funny. But it, I look at it, it yeah. works for everybody. Nobody gets yeah. mad. No one gets disappointed. It's like, hey, you know, we figured a way, a, a way around it. So yeah. what do we do when someone doesn't respect our boundaries? I know you talked about consequences. Is there anything mm. else? I think it's, um, yeah, it's having those consequences. Sometimes it's a conversation. Sometimes it's a, you know, I've, I've asked you not to do this. Can you help me understand why you keep doing it? So sometimes it's a conversation. Sometimes, and it really depends on the person. It depends on the context. But, yeah, often it's setting those consequences and following them up, so staying true to the commitment that we've made with ourselves. So that's really what I would say around, around that one. Okay. And, and sometimes, you know, sometimes it can be a really soft boundary. It can be, you know, just a gentle kind of no or a reframe or any number of things. But sometimes, you know, if someone keeps disrespecting our boundaries then it becomes a hard line 
and it becomes, you know, sometimes it can become a wall, sometimes it can be the end of a friendship. It's um, it's a scale. It really depends on context, but it's about honoring ourselves and ultimately making the commitment to ourselves and getting to a stage where we go, this is not okay for me anymore, you know? Well, and I think a lot of it, when it, you're dealing with someone that's difficult, it's about your sense of safety and your peace of mind. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because some people Definitely. can push that boundary where they try to get you to do something you don't want to do, and that's not safe. And, mm-hmm. and and really, really focusing on, you know, is this going to give me peace of mind? And and I would throw that in, you know, with the, you know, the example of the journal. If you let that person overstep your boundary, well, is it taking away from your sense of safety? Is it taking away from your peace of mind? Is it taking away, yeah. you know, things financially? Is it taking away too much of your time? Like really dissecting it and unpacking it and and looking at all the angles because um people can have expectations of you that they didn't even Mm. verbalize and then when you like for example she my friend had that expectations of oh she's just gonna help me pack well she didn't ask yeah expected and 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 I don't want to say threw me under the bus, but when I showed up, it was like, well, what's going on here? You know, it was, yeah, it yeah. was rather surprising. And, and because of that experience, it taught me to really set a hard boundary when anyone asked me to ask to help them move in the future. Like, these are my boundaries. If I'm going to do it, I'll work for so many hours. I'm not going to do this. I'm willing to do that. Because there are times where um, you can end up feeling like you're being set up. And I don't think it's intentional. I just think, you know, Mm -hmm. they want the help and everything. They're just not asking. And that's where I said to her, well, if you needed help packing, you should have told me. Because then I could have came another day and spent half the day with you packing stuff up. It's not like I was willing. That's the whole thing. I I was willing to help. It's just you have to communicate with me what kind of help you need. Just don't expect and assume that I'm going to drop everything on this one day and and do it when that's not, you know, that wasn't my plan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just all communication, right? Right. It's it's just it's communicating and recognizing, you know, there's some people in my life where I have to have stronger boundaries and there's some people in my life that I my boundaries are a lot softer with them because they're very respectful and they're very aware and they communicate so I don't need to play such a hard line but there are people in my life where I need really strong boundaries no I think that's good and really you know like looking at the whole picture and asking Mm. those questions you know and really Mm. you know seeing uh, all the different angles because there 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 can there can be loopholes you know think of it you know a donut there's always a a, you know a hole in the center and how can you make sure that you know there's going to be no holes so then you're you're not going to get hurt or you're not going to get disappointed or frustrated or anything like that 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it all ties to community. Yeah. So yeah, and being. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, being really clear about what we will and won't tolerate in our relationships. And yeah. taking and taking responsibility for that, not expecting other people to take responsibility for that. Yeah. And so before we wrap this up, is there anything you would like to share that we did not talk about with people today? I um no, I think I think we covered some really good ground with boundaries. I think that's um yeah, I think we've covered some of the key the key themes and Ultimately, the message that I want people to get is to trust themselves and to honor themselves and to listen to themselves and and to not give their power away to other people and and to take to identify and take responsibility for their own needs and know that that is okay and that is normal and it is not selfish. Right. No, it is because boundaries keep you safe and they do give you yeah. peace of mind and they they create structure and stability Mm -hmm. and a lot of Mm -hmm. people thrive off the app, you know, off structure and stability. A lot of people don't like Mm. chaos and when boundaries Mm. are pushed, it can create chaos. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Awesome. Well, this has been a wonderful interview. I am so glad I had you on here because to me, boundaries are so important and so essential in any kind of relationship, whether it is with work or friends or families or, you know, even neighbors. It's just having, yeah, yeah just having boundaries and, and honoring them because it allows you to live, I feel, a balanced life and a healthy life. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's okay to have boundaries with all different types of people in your life. And it does. It it gives us it gives us that freedom and it gives us that flexibility and it gives us um independence. You know, yeah. it gives us independence and, and balance. Yeah. It does. Awesome. Well, I am so glad we got to connect, Claire. And um people can find you I know tell people where they can find you I know on the blog post you're on Instagram you're on Facebook you have a website yes yes and I also offer a free 30-minute boundaries masterclass on my website so if people head to clairenetley.com they can find me there I'm on Instagram at claire underscore netley Um, And I have a program called Better Boundaries if people want to work on this topic more in depth. And I also have another program called The Self-Centered Woman, which is my 12-week transformational coaching program, which is a small group coaching program. So there's a few ways to work with me. But the best way to start is to go grab that 30-minute Boundaries Masterclass that's free on my website. And uh, they also get a free ebook with it as well called How to Be a Boundaries Badass and Keep Your Friends. (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) thank you so much for sharing that because yeah I I I I love this subject and I know probably quite a few listeners might struggle with boundaries or you know or or trying to learn how to set boundaries so it's great to have someone um that knows all about boundaries so you're awesome yes Oh, thank you. And thank you so much for having me. It's been such a great conversation. It's a topic I 
I love and uh, yeah, I'm just happy to share it with people. Wonderful. Thank you. Well, you have a fantastic rest of your day, Claire. Thank and, you. Um, you too. Hopefully, you know, may if you have something else come up in the future and you're like, hey, I want to come back and I want to talk about this. Um, I would love to have you back on the show. Yeah, great. Thank you. I would love that. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks, okay. Angela. All right. Perfect. All right. You take care. Okay. You too. Bye-bye.